Oh my god, are you talking about the new podcast? It's called Gray's World. Hey guys, it's me, Gray, and welcome to another episode of Gray's World. This is episode 21. Fuck yeah. Um, how are y'all? How was your long weekend? Hope that you did something fun uh, or relaxing or both, ideally. Um, the weather was kind of shit where I live for two days. Um, so the weekend, you know, we chilled. It wasn't like a bust. It was like we relaxed and we actually went to the movies for the first time. I'm definitely going to tell you about that. How fucking excited for the first time. Do you love that I'm saying for the first time? <laughs> I had never been to a movie theater. No, just kidding. Like since the pandemic, you know, you know. Um, but first for the catch up, I want to get right into like the food and drink situation of my life. Something, I guess like kind of breaking news. Like I've discovered a new cheap Mexican restaurant that's literally two blocks away from me. I say discovered and I'm using that wrong, but I do want to say I discovered it. Me, Manta, and Josh tried this restaurant when it first opened, and there was this cilantro sauce on everything that made us taste cilantro for like three days of our lives. Like we would brush our teeth. We'd be like, no, it's still there. We'd be like burping up flavors of cilantro for days. Like we just never went back. And also it's called I Caramba, which translates into English as, oh, no. And it is with an exclamation point. So I'm like a little iffy on naming a restaurant. Oh, no. Um, You know, it sounds cuter in Spanish than the translation um, in English. But there was this one day after work and I was like, there's no way in hell I'm cooking for myself. And like, I'm like, fuck it. You know what? I want to find something on the cheap. And I had a little bit of cash. And I look up this fucking menu and there's a burrito for $7.50 and you get chips and salsa with it. And I'm like, you know what? I don't even care if I taste cilantro for three days. I'm eating a $7.50 burrito with chips and salsa tonight. And I go in there and they're so nice. They literally act like they know me when I've never been in there. And I was like, love this vibe. And it's it's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I got like a Chipotle chicken and plantain burrito. It's not, okay, this is the thing. It's not like the best food in the world, but it's $7.50. So then I went back the next week and I got nachos. It was only, it was like under $10 for like loaded ass nachos. Like I'm talking like loaded ass layered nachos and she knows what she's doing. She knows to leave a little bit of the chips in the bottom naked so that they're crunchy. Then she loads up the top. Oh my God, guys. Anyway, that's my extreme shit right now. I caramba, couple blocks from my house. I keep going. It's almost like should I have not discovered it because now it's a little dangerous because I'm already thinking like I want to go there tonight. <laughs> so I'm either – listen to my two options. I'm I'm never off on a Tuesday. Like this is a weird day because of the holiday and I can go to the farmer's market today and I never get to go to the farmer's market. And I could walk over there, have a little day, get some produce, come back, make a veggie dinner. Or I could get fucking nachos from Icaramba for under $10 and it's two blocks away from my house. See my dilemma now? It's making me make bad choices, but I don't give a shit. I want it. So I might be eating that again tonight. That's been my shit. It's been on my mind. Um, in the beverage department, guys, I'm fully back on coffee. I'm f- I'm like, I am consuming way too much caffeine. I really need to cut back. I need to like listen to this myself and be like, yeah, Gray, stop drinking so much coffee. 
but I love it so much. When I'm like really into coffee, when I wake up, I don't care. I'm like, yes, I get to drink coffee. I don't care. I get to drink coffee. When I'm not on coffee, I wake up and I'm like, eh, why get up? <laughs> you know what I mean? Coffee and Mexican food keeping gray going. Let me tell you, I'm running off uh, some fumes of sorts. <laughs> Um, let's see. Let's see. Okay. So back to like, that's, I just wanted to update you on like what my food and drink situation have been. It's not been very creative. I've, I've like lost a creative juice for cooking and baking and it's kind of sad, but I'm just like letting it happen. I'm like, when I get inspired again, I will, that makes me want to go to the farmer's market. You know what I mean? See what's up. See what's fresh. But the farmer's market will cost me so much money. Like I go ham. I can't do it. Can't do it. Talking myself out of it now. I'm talking myself out of it. Um, But like I said, this weekend was no good weather. Um, We were, of course, planning on going to the pool every day, but it was just not good weather. So I was like, oh my God, Josh, how do you feel about a little thing called going to the movies? And he was like, you know what just came out? And I was like, yes, I do know what just came out, which is Spiral, the new Saw movie. And if you know me at all, if you've heard like one episode of Grey's World, I talk about Saw constantly. I I think it's like a main topic of this podcast, which is like honestly fine with me. I love being a Saw expert. Um, Also, I'm not going to get into it on the pod, but if you're really interested in Saw like me, I expect this to get like no – I expect this to reach no one. If you're very into Saw like me, please uh, DM me. I need to share with you the Wikipedia page I found on the – specifically the doll – Uh, on the tricycle who goes by the name of Billy. No, that's never mentioned in the movies. You just have to know that from being a fan. (laughs) Well, he has his own Wikipedia page. And let me tell you, it was hands down, hands down, one of the most detailed Wikipedia pages I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm not going to get into it because I know none of you care. But if you if you, that's if that sparks your your brain there, I will send it to you. And we can discuss it. Um. Oh, oh God, guys, I got really into some Wikipedia. I got deep into a few Wikipedia pages. I'm I'm not going to get into this, but Speed Two, the Wikipedia page for Speed Two colon Cruise Control. Yes, the second in the second movie in the fucking Speed franchise. Oh my God, I suspect that the director himself is updating. I mean, the the amount of detail, the amount of detail. I can't, we're moving on. All right, so we saw Saw, we saw Saw. Now, it's, it's technically like the ninth movie in this franchise, but it's not, it's not a part of the, it could be a standalone movie is what I read online. Like there, they're not necessarily going to continue this storyline which kind of sucks because we kind of got into it. You know, Chris Rock is in it. His dad is played by Samuel L. Jackson. I'm just like loving the vibe of who's in this movie. Like, and then also the guy who um, uh, who's on uh, Handmaid's Tale, Max Minghella. I don't fucking know his name. Um, he plays, he's also, and he's like Chris Rock's partner, new partner in this movie. Guys, it was fun. First of all, just if you like Saw, it's actually like... <laughs> There are much worse saws than this version, okay? This is not the worst saw in the franchise. And I can say that because I'm a fan. I can acknowledge that there's some shit movies in this franchise. It's not perfect, but it is fun. And it is like, I mean, they they had a large budget for this movie. I mean, I 
even just the the celebrities in this alone like there haven't been there haven't been celebrities in a saw like this in ages and like usually they can only afford one celebrity i mean they went all out and the production of this like visually looks better than any other saw like i don't know i was impressed but also it's not like i was like it's not going to win an oscar you know what i mean but in general, going to the movies, oh my God, that was great. Also, sitting in a dark room where you cannot look at your phone, so you have to pay attention to the movie, oh my God, you just see so much. You just pick up on so much. Jesus, I love not having to look at my phone. It Not being able to look at my phone is like such a relief. Um, and they did this new thing. I was kind of wondering about this because I was like, well, what if like someone tries to like sit next to you in a movie now? Like, can you like audibly be like, no, <laughs> it's like, I want to do that all the time. So basically you had to, this is how it worked where I went. Um, I went to movie land on the boulevard. There's no ticket or <laughs> is that a word? There's no ticket booths in the front anymore and you can't use the kiosk. I don't think it's like you, if you haven't bought your tickets online, already you have to you have to go through the concession stand line like that's the only line now and i'm like wow what a fucking manipulative way to up your fucking sales because you know if someone stands in the line for long enough when they get their ticket they're going to get a fucking diet coke and a popcorn okay i'm not a crazy person so we went through the line and then she asked you like or the person asked you like what movie are you guys seeing and we're like spiral baby is it not written all over my face um, and she then she brings up a screen where you can see the theater seats. And I don't know if this is like I was impressed by this because I've never seen this shit in my life. Like, I don't know if y'all are like, yeah, great. This is just how it's done. Um, she brings up a screen and I can choose our seats by tapping on it. But I can also see where everybody else that has already purchased a ticket where they're sitting. And I'm like, oh, I fucking love this information. So, you know, we got to pick our seats. Love that shit. Um, I'd say there's like 10 people in the theater. Like it was super spread out and just like chill and like, you know, I did not feel weird about it. Did not feel unsafe. Was not anxious at all. Wanted to go to more movies. Wanted to like sneak into more movies. So highly recommend it. Super fun. Just like go back and like do something normal for the first time and like not be freaked out by it. Um, refreshing, fun. I needed a fucking break from the world. So going to see Saw is like literally perfect, literally perfect. And I'm not going to lie to you. What did me and Josh do? <laughs> this is why we're dating, by the way. I'm going to tell you why we're dating. When we got home from the movie, we were like, okay, so like I think we like made some dinner and then like uh, we were like, what are we – what do you want to watch? You want to like watch a TV show? And we both look at each other and I was like, well, I could – I could continue watching some more Saw. So then we continue and we watch two. We watch Saw 2 and then we watch Saw. So like, guys, that's – find someone that loves your shit movies, okay? Because you want to be able to watch them and not be like, oh, I've got to watch Saw when Josh isn't here. It's like, no, we're watching it together. But then this is so funny. Like I got, I got home first. He like dropped me off because we had gone thrifting and I got a table. So I was like, I'm going to bring that up. You park the car and then meet me back up here. He usually comes up and he's like, hey, you know, like just says hi and like, you know, to let me know that he's in my apartment if in case I don't hear him. <laughs> and he walks in my apartment after seeing Saw. He doesn't even say hi to me. He just comes to me and he's like, I've been thinking and Chris Rock is involved. And he literally just – 
starts plotting the next Saw movie. Like Josh can write a screenplay off the top of his head, like a valid, good plotted screenplay, like very quickly. Um, so then we kind of like shoot the shit and we like completely made up a second Saw spiral too. And that's why I love Josh. That's one of the reasons why I love Josh. <laughs> uh, but anyway, go see a movie. You'll fucking love it. You will love it, honestly. Let's see. Let's see. You know what I need to tell you about? I need to tell you about Janice. I need to tell you about my Janice updates because, um, of course, I brought her book to the pool this weekend and I've got some more updates with you. So last we left off in Janice's memoir, which is No Lifeguard on Duty, um, she had just discovered that her husband had cheated on her um, and she was devastated because this was like, you know, she was in love for the first time. Um, and he he seemed like a really good guy at first, but then obviously kind of like once she discovered that, it was like, oh, yeah, he probably also has like a coke addiction. And like, oh, yeah, he's actually like not that great. Um, so she's more focused on work anyway. She's like so obsessed with work. That's all – she has a very good work ethic. Like she – I respect that. She's like, I'm not going to let shit get in my way. I've gotten this far. It's so hard for me to get this far that nothing is going to get my way. She's very determined. I, I am seeing Janice in a new light. I never thought badly of her, but like you, you know how a lot of people our age like view Janice Dickinson, kind of with a sh- kind of with a shit over cloud. <laughs> what does that mean? You know what I mean, um, or do you? But I do like – I just like seeing people's beginnings. I think it does humanize people and be like, oh, yeah, they weren't just like born into wealth. Um, so basically, I left you with Janice leaving for Paris because she had just gotten a job um, for the first time and they were like, yeah, it's going to be in Paris. We actually like you. And she was like, oh, my God, no one's ever liked me before. So she's like, fuck it. I'm leaving. My husband's a piece of shit anywhere. Um about two months in, she's she's in Paris for about two months. She's living with a group of girls and she's just not getting any work. And she's so frustrated. And she's just like, why am I here? I don't even have any friends. Like they all have boyfriends and friends and go out and party. And I just sit at home alone. And so she decides to call up this guy who named Guy, who she had met like right when she first got to Paris. And she just like, you know, just thought this guy was flirting with her, but she was literally like, I don't even care if he just wants to flirt with me. I'm so lonely and I'm so bored and I have nothing going on. I'm just going to call this guy up. So she has like this really fun weekend with this guy, guy, and they like have sex and they drink and like nice wine and like they eat the best food and she's like loving it. And she's like, this is so fun. And he kind of like gases her up, but like in a genuine way. And he's like, oh, I mean, I have no doubt that you're going to make it. You're going to be huge. Like you just don't even know it yet. And no one really has ever said that to her because her whole life, her dad said that she was a piece of shit and was going to amount to nothing like daily. So she's extremely hard on herself and extremely self-conscious. And this guy was just being so supportive of her and it literally made her think of herself better. This guy single-handedly made her like be like, fuck yeah, you're right. I can do this. And she said this weekend was just really transformative and she just – it changed her attitude. And she ended up booking a job for a stocking company like, you know, hose, hose and stuff. Um, she booked this job. It was for DIM, D-I-M, I guess was like the stockings company. And she did a photo shoot with them. And she was a little nervous because she thought like she was wearing hose with no underwear. And then they had a flash and she was like, I don't even know. Like I, I probably look butt naked. But, you know, she just needed to do a job, wants to get exposed. 
a couple days later, all of a sudden she like looks, she's like, you know, going to the guy where she's sleeping with house and she's, um, I guess she's leaving in the morning and she sees a bus and her picture from the stockings photo shoot is just on the side of the bus. And she freaks the fuck out and she's like, oh my God. And she like runs back upstairs and tells the guy and he's like, yeah, Janice, I told you you were going to make it. Like he was acting like, yeah, why are you excited? And she's like, you don't understand what I have done to get here. Like everybody has rejected me my whole life. And I didn't even know this was going to be on anything. Like she was just freaking out. She was so excited. But on on the other hand, like, so that gets her jobs. Like she's, that is her breakthrough. She starts getting jobs um, from that photo shoot and they grow and they're bigger. And like, you know, it starts out with like little campaigns like that. And then she starts booking jobs like in the south of France. That's her first like traveling job. She gets to go to the south of France and she thinks it's so cool because she's like, wow, I'm traveling. I'm a real model. And then on the other hand, she can enjoy her success because she thinks in the back of her mind due to like her fucking dad drilling this into her head, she's like, wow, I, I bet this is just a fluke. And like, this isn't, this isn't real. And like, this is going to be my only job. And people don't really like, like she is so deeply insecure. It sucks. Like, I hate it. Like, I just, I wanted her to just like enjoy this, but I understand where she's coming from. Like, she's so, this is drilled into her head. Um, so that's really sad. And she brings that up a lot that she really couldn't enjoy her success in the beginning. Um, especially when she should have been enjoying it the most. She also ended up getting her first cover, which was the, of L. That was her first cover. Um, and she also revealed, and I mean, this book was written, God, when? It says 2002 in here. Um, so like, I think she's referring to the 80s, but I don't know. She's claiming that like back in the day, she's like, doesn't matter if you're me or Cindy Crawford, you got about $150 to be on the cover of a magazine. And I was like, what the fuck? But she was like, because it didn't matter. It wasn't about the money. It was about the fact that you can go around and be like, yeah, I was on the cover of a fucking magazine. Like, and then the jobs you will get from that, it doesn't, it, it, it like the, the money, she said they would have all done it for free, but they all got it for like a hundred to $150, which is so funny to me that like they can get away with that. Fuck the modeling industry. Um, Sorry if this is too detailed. Like, please tell me if I'm like going too in depth with the Janice thing because, like, I'm really interested in this. I don't really know if you guys are. Let me know. I can I can scale back and just do the ju juicy bullet points. Um, but basically, she she's doing well. She's getting a lot of jobs, and she gets a letter from her younger sister Debbie, who's 15. Janice has just turned 20, and the. The letter was like sad and she was like, I hate my life. I'm really sad. I'm just, you know, dad is terrible. Mom is terrible. But she sends her a picture of herself and she says that she was like drop dead gorgeous. Could not believe how she looked like she looked completely different from the last time she saw her. She hadn't seen her in years. And she ends up inviting. She calls Debbie on the phone. And she's like, you're beautiful. I need you to come here and come to Paris. I think I get you work. In Janice's eyes, she feels guilty because she's like, oh, I straight up left my sister with this monster family and she has no one. And so out of guilt, she's like, well, I mean, out of guilt and she does love her sister. And she's like, she's kind of my only person in the world. Um, she invites her to Paris and she is so excited. She's 15. And she ends up getting a job within days. She books her first job. Maybe it's for a show, like a runway show. But at the exact same time, Janice finds out that she um, booked her first huge job in Milan, which is like the fashion capital of the world, especially back then. And 
she's like, well, I can't, I have to leave Debbie. Like I can't say no. And Debbie's like, of course. But Janice is a little worried. You know, she's like, I'm leaving my 15 year old sister in Paris the first week she gets here and I have to leave. Um, so Janice has like a great week and she like has like a transformative photo shoot weekend or a whole week in Milan. And she comes back to find that Debbie, I was worried. I was like, oh God, how are we going to find Debbie? Where are we going to find Debbie? And actually it was, it was that the opposite of what I, what I was thinking is that Debbie was doing great and she had booked more jobs and Janice felt like she didn't even need her. She was like, oh, cool. So Debbie doesn't even need me and she's doing great. And she didn't even have to go through what I went through. So then she starts getting jealous of Debbie and I'm like, oh no, oh no, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> but it's not a huge deal. You know, she, she's happy for her. She's like, I know that living in Hollywood, Florida with an abusive dad is not – is so much worse than this that I can't be mad that she wants to stay because guess what? Janice then is done and with her Paris stint and she has to go back to New York, go back to her cheating husband who's addicted to drugs. And she's like, all right, Debbie, we have to go back to New York. You can come to New York with me. And Debbie's like, oh, hi. Yeah, I'm, I'm fully staying here. I love my life. Love everything. You have fun, but I'm fully staying here. And she lets her stay. She comes back to New York City and leaves her 15-year-old sister from Florida in Paris. I don't know. Just stresses me out. Just stresses me out. Um, also, the last thing I'm going to let you know is that she does come home to her husband. He looks – she said that he looks so gaunt and his teeth are brown and he looks like shit and he looks tired. And she basically discovers, I think, that he's been using like heroin in the middle of the night. She like hears weird noises and then like detects that he's using heroin in the bathroom. So she calls his mom, who is the only person that Janice has ever told that she was abused by her dad or that like her dad abused anybody or just the abuse from her dad. She only ever told her husband's mom because she trusted her more than anybody. So she calls up the mom and she's like, hey, I'm genuinely sorry this didn't work out between me and your son, but like it's not working out. I'm going to get a divorce from him. Also, just think you should know that he's fully addicted to drugs. Hope you can get him help. Like she's like just being informative, like just don't want you to be out on the out of the loop on this. And, you know, the mom was grateful and was like, thanks for telling me. And then, of course, her soon-to-be ex-husband was like calling her being like, you fucking cunt. I'm going to kill you. You told my mom. about You know, like classic. She's like, oh, and he's my dad now. So cue to divorce him. So where I'm leaving you off is she's trying to get a divorce from the old Ron. And she is starting to work with this new – she's starting to work closely with this new photographer who had treated her badly in the past but is now desperate to work with her named Mike Reinhardt. So that's where I'm going to leave you off on the Janice story. I think it's pretty good. I mean it's it's an easy book to read. Um, so I'm feeling really smart, you know, when you're like reading a book fast and you're like, oh, wow. I can't get enough of a celebrity memoir. And I have a lot of others. Um, so I think when I'm done with this, I'm just going to continue – I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to always update y'all on a fucking celeb memoir. Um, but also tell me if you don't like it because, like, I'm not going to waste my time. <laughs> Why am I so insecure? Okay. When we get back, I think we're going to discuss a few things. I'm going to tell you about my favorite TikTok guy right now who's a bodega um, food artist is what I'll call him. We're going to talk about the sandwich that me and Josh made inspired by that TikTok. And then I'm going to just get into the spread at – potluck picnic table parties. I have a lot of thoughts. All right, be right back. Okay, 
So my latest TikTok obsession that I literally cannot stop watching when I can't sleep, um, I I call him my bodega guy. Um, the his his handle on TikTok is at raw underscore money one. So like R A H underscore the word money and then the number one. And he's just got over a million followers. So I guess like a ton of people know about this. It's not like a secret, but I'm just saying this is my shit right now. So he's basically making at the heart of it, he is making breakfast, quote unquote, breakfast sandwiches for people. As you know, New York bodegas are like classically like a bacon, egg and cheese on a roll spot, you know. But he he's elevating it. He no way, no way is he doing. It. And also, I think his name is Aki. I couldn't tell you. I really couldn't tell you. And I'll tell you why I think his name is Aki. Because every time someone orders anything, they say, "I want it the Aki way." And then he does his little spin on it. But I don't know if that's his name. I call him Aki. <laughs> no way does Aki do just a regular roll, bacon, egg, and cheese on a roll. He will do any vessel, any vessel is not going to be a roll. He's got waffles that he makes fresh. He's got, yeah, he does have a roll, sure, but no one ever gets that. He's got rice cakes on here. Someone just bought him a bag of rice cakes and was like, hey, can I get mine on this? Um, he does, he did one on oatmeal cream pies. Someone wanted like a bacon, egg, and cheese on oatmeal cream pie. He was like, yeah. Um, let's see, people, he can make like fresh pancakes and people put cereal in them and I want them so bad. He does a lot of chopped cheese, which guess what? I didn't even know this. It's just like a hamburger chopped up with cheese. Uh, great information. Um, let's see. People will do hash browns as the bread, which I'm feeling this hash brown BLT. I mean, the options are endless. They're sweet. They're savory. They're sweet and savory. Um, he does French toast on his griddle. He does like a flat top griddle situation. He slices in fresh deli meats for if it's like turkey or there's no ham involved, which I'm 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 quite confused about. This might be a no pork place. Um, I can't decide. I mean, the bacon could be turkey bacon. I'm not sure. Ooh, bacon, egg, and cheese on a honey bun. So he'll take a honey bun out of the package and like cut it in half and then griddle it on the flat top and then build a bacon, egg, and cheese on it. Fuck, that sounds good. And some of them are more wacky, and some of them are more just like straight up good. And I will say it is like a high food thing. Like I think a lot of these people are stoned. This is a corner bodega. You know the vibe. Um, he also will even do like wild card shit where he'll just build a burrito bowl, quote unquote, for people and put like Doritos in it and like fried jalapeno poppers and then like – like chopped veggie. Like, I mean, like the shit is endless. I just love seeing his, his combination of things. And so there is a protocol. Like, so they show the person ordering and the, if it's something random that he doesn't have, you can find anything in the store and bring it to him and be like, Hey, I just bought this. Will you put my breakfast sandwich on this? So we see the person ordering, we get to see him make it. And then at the end, he does a cross section. He cuts it in half and then he shows it to you and he goes, OMG. And then he shows it to you. And then the, his friend filming goes, don't forget the Bev, meaning uh, like a drink. And then Aki goes, never, never, never. I mean, that's their little, that's their little thing they do every time. Um, and then they hand it to the customer. So anyway, this is infiltrating me so hard. Somebody just put a chopped cheese in a waffle cone. Like, I don't know what's going on. It's, get, it's getting weird. 
But I will say it directly influenced me and Josh's meal last night. And I show Josh this because like I don't show Josh a lot of TikToks. It's not really for him. But this he was interested in. And it's it's just really mesmerizing. You just want to see more and more and more. It's, it's very addicting. So as you know, this weekend was our Memorial Day weekend party, gathering, whatever, at our par- at our pool. And there weren't like too many people, so I wasn't stressed about it. I had a good time. We're going to get into it, talk more about that coming up. But something that is provided at every pool party from our pool is Lee's Fried Chicken. Um, this is a Richmond fried chicken restaurant. It's just like the go-to. Like it's the spot. Like it's – it's an OG fucking fried chicken wedges, tons of sauce. It's just the best. And every time we have a pool party, they provide Lee's fried chicken. But I've been on more of a hot dog kick. I was kind of telling Josh, I was like, you know what? Tomorrow, I don't even think I'm going to eat chicken at the pool. I'm going to eat hot dogs um, because I've been craving that. And then all of a sudden, we had this idea where we were like, you know what? We're going to we're going to steal the Lee's fried chicken, not like a ton, just like the amount that we would eat normally if we were going to eat chicken. Kind of like every time we take a trip to the to the concession, we're going to we're going to take a piece of chicken for later and we're going to put it in a Ziploc bag in our cooler. <laughs> so we were like siphoning chicken uh throughout the whole day. Because when we got home, Josh made fresh waffles. Half of the batch was straight up waffle and the other half was jalapeno waffle. And then we heated up the leftover Lee's fried chicken in Monta's air fryer and it was so fucking good. And then we built our own chicken and waffle breakfast sandwiches. Guys, it was so fucking good. So I did one sweet and I did one savory. I did one classic chicken and waffle with like the oh and also after he made like Belgian waffles style situation, like he made the batter, did it all whatever. But they were kind of like they were perfect for eating with like butter and syrup, but we were like, well, we're making like sandwich out of this. You know, it's got to be a little more sturdy. So then I was like, what if I put these fresh waffles in the fucking air fryer? And it got like a little crispy on the outside, still stayed fluffy on the inside, but like it was just like a better hold for like a sandwich situation. Guys, it was so good. So good. So the first one, classic waffle, little smear of butter, hunks of Lee's fried chicken. Also, I appreciated that I could take the chicken off the bone and create my own amount of chicken. I don't want too much chicken in a chicken sandwich or a chicken biscuit. Like I don't want there to, I'm weird about big chunks of meat. I like small meat. I like chopped up small meat. I don't know. That's just me. I hate huge chunks of meat. Um, So I was loving that I could pick the ratio of waffle to chicken, did a little salt, pepper, chili, olive oil, really set it off. Then of course, maple. I didn't have any honey. Honey would have been good, but spicy chili flake with maple and then a little butter. Oh my God. So good. Classic. But then the next one, did a jalapeno waffle put it back in the air fryer with cheese on it so I could melt some fucking shredded cheese for a minute, took it back out, put mayo, pickle, hot sauce, Josh's fermented hot sauce, and the chicken. Oh my God. I have a picture of it. I'm going to put on the Instagram, but it is not a good picture. I'm warning you now. It doesn't look that good, but you can, you can imagine what I'm describing. 
you know, it's so, it was so, it was one of the best sandwiches I've had in like the last year of my life. It was probably just one of the best sandwiches I've ever had. <laughs> like, I know that sounds exaggerating, exaggerative, but no. Even Josh said he was like, that was literally one of the best things I've eaten in a while. And I was like, thank God we stole that chicken. But also, thank God Aki was there to give us inspiration for our shit. I also put maple syrup on this Avery one because like, why would I not? So yeah, stealing chicken from a pool party is the way to go if there is fried chicken provided. Because not not all parties have fried chicken. Like we get hooked up with Lee's. Like I feel blessed that we get Lee's. Um, but something I do want to talk about is just generally the spread at a potluck picnic style party. Um, yes, it could be a pool party because I feel like that's very common, but it, it doesn't have to be. It could just be a backyard hangout where like you ask everyone to bring a dish. This makes me so excited. This makes me excited for a couple reasons. One, it's a fucking buffet, okay? And I don't get to ever go to a buffet and this is like such a good way to get a buffet in your life. Go to a potluck party. Also, there's going to be people who – there's like a spectrum. There's going to be people who buy store-bought things and there's going to be people who spend – a whole day making something from scratch. I love the variety. I love the high and the low. I will say if you're going to bring something from the store that you did not make, please make it from Ucrops. Now for you for you guys that don't live around here or in Richmond, Ucrops was an old family owned like Ucrops family is from Richmond. Like they're an old money Richmond family. And they had these grocery stores back in the day that had all this like prepared food and bakery and, you know, like they had their own shit, like cookies, fucking rolls, chicken salad, like everything, fried chicken, everything, breakfast, pizza, everything, keep going, donuts, everything. And it was the best, but it eventually closed down. But I still like call things Ucrops. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's go to that Ucrops, even though now it's a Publix, you know what I mean? Can't let go. Never forget Ucrops. Um also, one time when I had turned 21, me, Jordan, and Monta went to a bunch of wineries in Charlottesville. And then on the way home, me and Jordan were both blackout drunk um, because we had just had so much wine all day. And then when we like came to, we were like in a Ucrops parking lot because Monta had been driving. And we were like, why are we at a Ucrops? And Monta like turns around and she like snaps at us and she's like, are you kidding me? And Monta like never like actually yells at us. She's like, are you kidding me? The entire ride home from Charlottesville, all you guys have been asking for is for me to go to Ucrops. <laughs> and we didn't even remember that we asked her because let me tell you, Ucrops food is so fucking good. I love it. So that's why that's the exception to bring – like I don't want a Kroger – like don't bring me a Kroger brand baked good when Kroger sells Ucrops brand baked goods. How dare you bring a fucking Kroger brand baked good? I don't want a Kroger cookie. Nobody does. But you know what I do want? I want rainbow cookies from Ucrops. Yeah, I did. I almost took an entire container because, you know, I was like wanting it. No one had opened the rainbow cookies from Ucrops, but I decided I shouldn't. I was already stealing chicken, so I probably shouldn't double down and also steal the best cookies at the party. Um. And I do love that some people buy, bring, like they bring the store-bought stuff, like chips in a bag. I love seeing what chips are provided. We had some really nice, sturdy-ass, ridged barbecue chips that were great. Barbecue chips at a cookout? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Plain chip at a barbecue? Mm, kind of bored. 
lays plain, don't bring them to me. Um, also, I feel like there has to be an abundance of different styles and textures and brands of tortilla chips. That's my preference. I go for the scoops of any kind, but you know, if there's a Dorito lying around, I'm fucking eating Doritos. Me and Josh made our own desserts. I made cake batter, rice crispy treats, which were fine. I feel like they were okay. I wish I had done Oreo. I'm gonna be gonna be honest with you. I wish I'd done Oreo, like a cookies and cream style. Josh's pie, however, was so fucking good. He soaked figs like in bourbon and vanilla, and it was like fig, pecan, coconut fucking sticky ass buttery so good so good um josh is like known for bringing pies to the pool <laughs> um but other things i literally took notes of what i did and did not like the one thing that i look forward to the number one thing i look forward to on a potluck picnic table is the different types of pasta salad. That is because every single person, every household has like a different style of pasta salad. Um, some people put meat, some people don't, some people put cheese. What's the veg situation? What's the dressing? What kind of pasta are you using? There's so many variables and that's why I'm deeply obsessed with it. And I had a fabulous one uh, this weekend. Someone had brought a bow tie pasta salad. Love a bow tie for a pasta salad. Now, my number one is rotini, but I I respect. I respect a bow tie. And it was full-blown Mediterranean. You guys know I'm obsessed with olives. There were so many olives in this pasta. I basically ate like 50-50 pasta to olive. Kalamatas, there was cucumber, there was artichoke. I'm sorry, artichoke. That's great. There was also two different types of cheese. There was also some salami in there. I mean, it was so good. It was, I was like, if this is all I eat today, I don't care. This is so satisfying. Um, Manta brought some really good, like she always brings tomato and mozzarella and basil and balsamic glaze, like skewers. So that you can just like have a little pop of like a cherry tomato and mozz. I love that. There was something on the table that I'd never seen before that literally like made me laugh out loud. I took a video of the table and I'm going to post on the Instagram. <laughs> like, I don't think anyone will care about this, but I care so much that I don't care that people don't care. Know what I'm saying? Um, somebody like slaw is a classic at a barbecue. Oh my God. Of course. Hot dogs. Put some slaw on your hot dogs, bitch. Put some slaw on your hot dog. That's all I'm going to say. I look over and I see a whole cabbage sitting on the table. And I'm like, why the fuck is there a whole cabbage? I get closer to it. I see that's because someone has hollowed out the inside of the cabbage and stuffed it with their slaw. That I don't even know if it was homemade or not. Someone went all out for that presentation. I'm just like, why? You did not, you did not need to do that. Maybe they just didn't want to bring a dish, you know what I mean? Like a physical dish. Hmm. Okay, so something else that I really want there to be is like a bean dip of some kind. I want a seven layer would be fantastic. No one brought that this time. There was not enough Mexican food influenced things at this party. That's my that's my biggest takeaway. We need more Mexican food, like seven layer dip. Like I said, I was so close to making a black bean avocado corn dip. I like to char up the corn with peppers and onions. I like to add a sweet fruit, maybe a pineapple, maybe a mango, maybe a peach. Know what I'm saying? Add some black bean. Add some avocado at the very end. 
throw your favorite salsa in there, throw some cumin, throw some cilantro scallion blend. Mm. I literally ate that for dinner the other night. Like I just made that and then I just ate that like with nothing else. Um, So good. But that was lacking. Other things that were lacking, somebody had made a homemade brownie cookie situation where like the bottom layer is a brownie, the top layer is chocolate chip cookie. It was so dry and crumbly that I was like, why did you bring this? When you cut this into squares, you knew how dry this was. But okay. Don't shit on other people's food while they're around. Let's do it at the table in private. But overall, it was fucking good. It was a good spread. Um, I also, for the first time, like let myself comfortably get whatever I wanted. Usually, I think it's because there was less people and I felt less pressure. Usually, at a potluck style thing, I'm very self-conscious. Um, like I also don't want people to like think I'm eating too much. Like I'm very in my head about it, and I'm like. I I like don't get as much as I want and I don't get what I want. Like I'm that kind of bitch. I'm like, wow, I really am holding back. But this Monday, yesterday, I was like, you know what? I'm getting everything I want. I don't care what people think. And it was so much more enjoyable that way. Let me tell you, load up that fucking plate as many times as you want. This is a potluck party. That is what it's for. There is plenty of food to go around and no one is going to judge you. This is what I have to tell myself. Um, Last thing I will say, I was highly disappointed with my hot dog. I felt like the the ratio of the toppings I put on to the hot dog, I was like only eating toppings. I guess that was my bad. I guess I'm used to a thicker hot dog. Don't know what to say. Also, potato bun. That was great. Love that they had a Martin's potato bun. The Bev situation is very like you bring your own beverage, of course. Like there's not like a there's not like a table of drinks or anything. So I was drinking White Claw all day, which is random for me. Um, I'm not usually like an all day drink. I mean, I guess I had three. Also, the last thing that I wish potluck parties had, either a mandatory separated plate situation where there's like little sections where things, I just feel like the plate situation is like some things are runny, some things are loose and they get lost on the plate. Some things want to roll around. It's like I need compartments on my plate to keep my food separate, not even separate, just like tidy. If now I've been thinking about this. I would love, I feel like people don't realize that eating out of a bowl is like fucking great and easy and way easier than a plate sometimes. And it's like, maybe people want to create their own like fucking burrito bowl style off of this table, but there are no bowls ever provided at a potluck. Isn't that weird? If I ever threw a potluck, there'd be little ramekins, there'd be bowls, there'd be cups, there'd be like every vessel. I will say they did a good job with utensils. Like everyone had enough utensils. I hate when you stress about like how do I get this food out of the bowl, but it was okay. Anyway, I fucking love, I fucking love going to a potluck party. It is just one of my deep joys. You never know what you're going to get. Even if it's all bad, at least it's free and it was a buffet and you got to eat so many different things, but it's never bad. Certain things are bad, but not all of it. All in all, loved it, would do it again. And we each, we have, um, we have about, I don't know, maybe like three to four parties at the pool um, throughout the summer. And there's a band every time and there is Lee's Fried Chicken. So I can update you guys if there's anything new, surprisingly new, um, good or bad. I'll keep you updated. And I'll keep you updated on if people start to bring motherfucking bowls. 
All right, when we get back, I'm going to briefly talk to you about how I have a huge musical blind spot in my life and also what that phrase means to me, musical blind spot. See you in a second. Okay, musical blind spot. I've made this phrase up. Maybe it is a phrase and like I just don't know, but lately at work, I've discovered that I guess I guess I always knew that like clearly had the knowledge that I don't know the music from this band, but like lately it'll come up on playlist at work and Josh will know like words to these songs that I've literally never heard. And I'm like, how do you know this song? And he's like, uh, it's Genesis. And I'm like, yeah, what is Genesis? Like literally I've never heard a Genesis song. <laughs> and like you guys know that I have a very like vast, like what I like musically is like all over the place. I like all different kinds of decades, different genres, um, literally different, I don't know, just different eras, different styles. Like I'm all over the place. I love a jazz. I love Britney Spears. I love Lenny Kravitz. Like it's all over the place. You know what I'm saying? Like obscure Brian Eno. Sure. Like, you know, just random shit. Genesis though, somehow, somehow in my 28 years of life, I if I could never tell you a Genesis song. I don't know one song by Genesis. Don't know what it sounds like. Don't know it literally none. And I just think that's fucking bonkers. I really am curious. I'm genuinely curious if you guys have are you aware of a musical blind spot you have? Like, oh yeah, I know this band exists, but couldn't tell you one song, couldn't tell you what they sound like, couldn't really tell you what era they were active in. And also, all right, I will say I know that it is Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins. I know that, I think, oh my God, should I have looked that up? No, I'm pretty sure that's who's in it. I know that those are the two people in the band. I know that those are their names. Could I tell you which voice is who? Absolutely not. Could I tell you what Peter Gabriel looks like? Fuck no. You could show me of like three to 100 men that were white. I assume they're both white, right? Like I don't even know shit like that, but Genesis seems like a white ass band. Um, I'm going to heavily guess they're both white. I do know what Phil Collins looks like. Don't know what he sounds like. I do know the one song coming in the air. <laughs> It's not called coming in the air. I can feel it coming in the air tonight. I know that, of course. I'm not like born under a cement rock. But other than that, I do not know anything about them. And I just think it's hilarious that I couldn't tell you anything. So so then, then to, to complicate things. Josh has been obviously playing some kind of radio on Spotify at work that plays Genesis, and I don't know any of it. That's that's kind of why I'm talking about this. But then this third person has has joined the mix of people. There's Peter Gabriel, don't know him, don't know what he looks like, don't know what he sounds like. There's Phil Collins, know what he looks like, kind of knows what he sounds like, don't know anything else about him. All of a sudden, this song plays, and I look at Josh, and I'm like, guess what? I can tell this is by Genesis. And he looks at me, he's like laughing, and he's like, no, this is actually Steve Winwood. And I was like, fucking Christ. This man sounds – Steve Winwood sounds like if you mixed what I think Phil Collins and Peter Gabriel sound like. So then it was so hilarious. I was like – it was like Friday at work, and we were having like 
we're cleaning up. So we're like blasting music and Josh went outside to take a break and Patty was like up front doing something. So I was like alone in the back. And this song starts and I so confidently like to myself, I'm like hands on hips. I'm like, this is fucking Peter Gabriel. Like so – I was like – I had like a smile on my face. I walk over to Josh's phone that's playing the music and I tap the screen. It's fucking Steve Winwood. What the fuck? What, what is wrong? Why can I not get these three white men straight? I just don't even know. I'm never going to look into it. I'm uninterested, by the way. Like, I'm not I'm not going to end this with being like, so now I'm going to go look up the discography of Peter Gabriel. I don't even know who that is. Are these men American? Are they British? They sound British to me. Peter Gabriel? It's a British man's name. Phil Collins. Phil Collins. Yeah, I got nothing. Steve Winwood, though. Steve Winwood's good. I like him. I like him better than Genesis. I feel like that's where I'm going to leave you. I don't fucking know. Do you guys have a musical blind spot? I'm like very curious. Like I'm so curious about this. And it's, but it's, see, the thing is you can't really ask someone because they have to realize it on their own. I'm feeling insecure about this that I shouldn't have even talked about this, but I just thought it was hilarious that I literally don't know what the fuck Genesis is. When I come back, I'm going to tell you what I do know so well, which is Minnie Ripperton, because she's my fave of the motherfucking week. Oh, Minnie, 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 Minnie Ripperton. Where do I even start? I feel like... I feel like I've known, you know, her hit songs. Um, everybody does. Loving You. Loving You is easy because you're beautiful. So that's who I'm talking about if you don't know who Minnie Ripperton is. Um, she is also Maya Rudolph's mom. Okay, that's fucking cool as shit. Um, when I found that out back in the day, blew my mind. Um, I don't know how this started because I've always known kind of like her big hits. Like I said, like loving you. And then you go to her, if you go to her Spotify page, like the top songs, La Fleurs, I think a lot of people would know them if you heard it. But all of a sudden I was like, you know what? I really, really like the songs that I know by her and I want to know more. That's always how it starts with me. I'm like, let's go to their discography. So she has um, only a few albums. It ranges from 1974 – I'm sorry, 1970 to – I mean, her last one came out in 1980, but she did die in 1979. So upsetting. Um, She died of breast cancer um, in 1979. Maya Rudolph was born in 1972, so she was only like – I can't do math, guys. Don't make fun of me. Seven? (sighs) Let's move on. She was really young when her mom died because I was kind of like looking at her Wikipedia page to just kind of like see the gist of Minnie Ripperton. Guys, she has like – she has like the whistle voice. Like I don't – if you've not listened to her, like oh my god, her voice is so, so good. And she can go – oh, Mariah Carey is like she's an inspiration to me. Let's just put it that way. Um, if you go to her Wikipedia, it's very technical with like her voice is like an instrument and it's like registered. I don't know. It's like special. Like she's a special person. I just have to be clear that Minnie Ripperton was special. So her first album was from it was in 1970. And it like, you know, it was like it had some it had some good hits. Um, the first track on her first album, Le Fleurs, 
so good. So cool. So you just hear it and you're just like, what am I listening to? Who is this girl? Like, I just feel like you want to know more. But her next album after that was her most popular one, Perfect Angel. That's like the classic iconic um, photo co- photo album cover where she's in overalls and she's um, holding a melted ice cream cone. Oh my God, it's so cute. I'm like smiling just looking at it. Also, she has really good first tracks. On every album she has, her starting track is so fucking good and it like really gets you into the album. Like, oh, it's just so good. Um, but she – I will say my favorite album of hers is her third. It's called Adventures in Paradise. I've been posting it all over Instagram like every day. It's like her her fucking album covers are so cool. This one, she's in like a blue room with a lion and she's sitting in a chair and she's got like a flower crown around her and she looks cool as shit. Um, but this album, I cannot stop listening to this album. And the lyrics are very like lovey, but like in a way – she says like come in me a lot but she's not really like meaning it in that way because yes I did read up on like the lyrics and just like she's like yes I know it sounds like I'm saying like I want a man to come in me but she's like it's actually about like a deeper more like intimate level of like true true intimacy of like unlocking that and I'm just like damn she is deep like Oh my God. I just love the lyrics. I love the vibe, the vibe of her albums. Oh my God. I'm like, I'm like in a different place. And like, it makes, it lets me escape. It literally lets me escape. But Adventures in Paradise from 1975 by Minnie Ripperton. So good. That has just been my ultimate shit. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm so sad that she doesn't have more discography because she died so young. If you're just looking for some like chill ass good music, like, oh, put on some mini. Can't recommend it enough. I think I need to look at some for some old interviews with her because I just feel like her vibe is so cool. Add it to the list. Britney Spears and now Mini Ripperton puts me in a great mood. Um, yeah. I love how I can go from listening to Olivia Rodrigo on literal repeat nonstop to then Mini Ripperton. There's always a spectrum to what I'm into, as you know. But anyway, what are you guys feeling this week? Do you know Rin? Do you know Minnie? Like, are y'all are y'all obsessed as I am? Is this gonna push you into listening to her? Let me know. Um, other things you can let me know from this week's episode. Janice, is it too much detail? Should I should I scale back? Or are you guys into it? Um, also. What the fuck do you bring to a Memorial Day cookout? I want to know. I want to know what y'all bring. Do you bring store brought? Do you bring a fucking pasta salad? Do you go savory? Do you go sweet? Hot dog or hamburger? We didn't even talk about that situation, but I'm hot dog all the way. I don't trust other people cooking my hamburger, okay? And it's usually someone else cooking it. Here I am. This is supposed to be the end. This is supposed to be the end of the show. Anyway, you guys know – As always, I'm obsessed with you because you're listening to this. Um, So yeah, DM me if you have any thoughts. And also, leave a girl a review on iTunes if you so feel inclined. Okay, bye. I'll see you all next week.